Well, good morning. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. My name is Stu Emmenheiser, and I serve as one of the elders here at Southridge. And we're starting a new series as we head into Christmas, and we're going to be talking about the good news of Christmas. Now, when I say the phrase good news, what comes to mind? Maybe for some of you, it's a seasonal drink at Starbucks as we head into a new holiday. Maybe it's an acceptance letter to a school or a job that you've been hoping for. Uh, for me, good news reminds me of when I was growing up and I would go to bed on a night that we were expecting snow. And I'd wake up in the morning and the first thing I would do was run to the window to do an initial analysis of the snowfall. And if it looked substantial enough, I would run downstairs and I would either talk to my mom or I would go to the old cable broadcast for the county and I'd see a scroll at the bottom that would say, school's closed. Now, that's good news. If I were a little kid, it would be a day of playing in the snow. If I was a little bit older, I would grab my shovel and I would start knocking on doors and try to shovel some driveways and make some spending money. So that's what we call entrepreneurial spirit. Now kids, that is not a cologne, it's an attitude, and I highly recommend it. So I digress just a little bit, but we're going to be talking about the good news of Christmas. And if, if it's not good news to you, you may have the wrong version. See, it's not a good story, it's good news. And for some of my friends and family, resistance to Christianity revolves around, is it true? Maybe that's you. And I love talking about this to get a better understanding, especially the it part. Is what true? Maybe the it for you is the Bible. Now, what you have to remember is that thousands of men and women embraced Christianity long before there ever was a New Testament. So I hope that's not your it. The Old Testament and New Testament did not create Christianity. For some people, their resistance revolves around the question, is it good? Is Christianity good for society? Is it good for me? Is it dangerous or harmful? Now, from our No Place Like Home series, we learned that Christianity was good for Roman society because of what they did, not just what they said. Even when it looked like church was losing, they were winning because they valued the things that God valued. See, Christianity wasn't dangerous, but it was dangerous to be a Christian. When we hear news that's not good, we hope it isn't true. Now, if someone told you Netflix was going to be doubling their monthly subscription, you would hope that it wasn't true. And maybe someone else told you that Amazon was just going to go back to selling books. You probably would hope that that isn't true as well. But when we hear good news, we hope it's true. And the pages between your Old Testament and New Testament represent about 400 years of silence. Imagine that. 400 years of radio silence. I get impatient when I have to wait for a Keurig to fill eight ounces of coffee. I can't imagine 400 years of feeling like we're not hearing from God. But then the silence was broken and Jesus' birth was announced and it was described as good news and great joy. So here's the surprise. No one would make this up. The world was too divided at the time, much like it is right now. It was good news and great joy for all people. 
But was it really good news for all people? If so, then why the resistance to it? If people lean into good news, why doesn't everybody lean in? The original version was so good it was called the gospel. And that comes from an old English phrase that means God's spell or good story. And the phrase good story comes from the Greek term that means good news. So the message of Jesus caught on because people leaned in and lived it out. The original version was compelling. Now notice the following in Luke 16. Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone is eager to get in. See, the law and the messages from the prophets were good news to Israel. The gospel is good news to everyone. The life and teaching of Jesus, if that doesn't strike you as good news, perhaps it's because the version that you've heard, grew up with, heard from the media, or even rejected may not have been the original version. The original version was compelling and worth telling. So it was told. And in a time when writing was expensive and time-consuming and only the rich and powerful could pay scribes to record their life's events, few of those actually survived intact. Luke tells us something remarkable and so significantly, uh, historically significant that it's easily overlooked. And he says it with the first word in his account of Jesus' life in Luke 1. He states, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. Do you know how many people will undertake the work to, to draw up an account of your life and mine? And I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it won't be many, if any at all. I know that hurts my pride a little bit, but um, I think that's just what we all have to understand. So, so why did so many people write something about Jesus? Because something significant happened, but even more so, something good happened. In Luke 1, he goes on to say, they used the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have also decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus. Now this was a wealthy, curious Christian who had become a follower of Jesus. And why did he want another account? Because he wanted to know Jesus' story from beginning to end. So you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Luke wanted Theophilus to be secure in his knowledge of Jesus' birth, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. And it's most likely that Luke didn't know that many accounts written of Jesus' life his would be one of the few that actually survived. The angels were the first to announce its good news to the shepherds. Yet it wasn't until Jesus stepped into the Jordan River that people experienced how good the good news was. So how good? Forgiveness of sins was announced ahead of time by John the Baptist. You could be forgiven of sin by asking, not working or sacrificing for it. And Luke tells the story of a paralyzed man who was lowered by his friends through the roof of a house where Jesus was teaching. And Jesus simply looked at the paralyzed man. He smiles and says, young man, your sins are forgiven. 
And he hadn't even asked. And the religious leaders are confused because only God could forgive sins. And Jesus tells them, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And the religious leaders and teachers responded, you know, we've got a, a building and a system. Uh, you, you can't bypass all of that to forgive sins. But Jesus did. And then to punctuate his authority, he said to the man, get up, take your mat and walk. The people were in awe. This was good news. This is good news for you and for me. Again, how good? According to Jesus, anybody can take a step to follow him regardless of where they're starting from. Luke records an encounter that illustrates it. As Jesus and his followers were traveling by foot, they came to a toll booth where Levi, a.k.a. Matthew, a tax collector, was working. And Jesus walks up to him and says, follow me and be my disciple. Can you imagine? Perhaps Matthew stared in disbelief. Now, what you have to remember about tax collectors, this is not the present-day equivalent to an IRS worker. Tax collectors were representatives of the Roman government, and while they would take taxes, they would also skim off the, the top, line their pockets, and live lavishly off of their fellow people. They took advantage of them, and there was nothing the people could do about it. This would be like Jesus walking up to Bernie Madoff today, who's cheated hundreds of people out of hundreds of millions of dollars and saying, come hang out with me. We might wonder what Jesus is doing. Why is he associating himself with these criminals or these dishonest people? It wasn't like Jesus didn't know what he was up to, but no rabbi had ever invited him to follow. The surprise was that Matthew was up for it. And Matthew opened up his home to Jesus. And when the religious leaders learned of this, they complained to him. And here's the message he sent back. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Jesus came for those who know they are not at all good and could be better. And that's good news. It was even better than that. Jesus came to call sinners to repent. And Jesus calls us to see the world differently, to see ourselves and others differently and change on the inside. So again, how good? It was a whole new level of good, a stop and stare type of good. Followers of Jesus are not invited to merely be good, but to do good. But not in the usual way. Luke 5 says, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If you do good to those who are good to you, you'll be average, unremarkable. What credit is that to you? This brand of good has been around since the beginning of time. That's nothing new. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. And you will be the children of the Most High. That's what your Heavenly Father is like. Because He is kind to the unthankful and wicked. Now wait a minute. Jesus said God is kind to the unthankful and wicked. That's good news because I have most certainly been unthankful and wicked. It's confusing to us because it isn't how most Christians act. We aren't Christians, or excuse me, why aren't Christians known for being kind to the unthankful 
and wicked? And the answer is because too many are content to believe rather than follow. And following makes all the difference in the world. Really, if you think about it, there are no self-righteous followers of Jesus. The original version of the gospel removed that option and leveled the playing field. Notice in Luke 2, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The end of the story was foreshadowed at the outset. The personification of good did not come for his own good. He came for your good and mine. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he introduced and modeled a new version of good. He taught us that God is good. Then he took all of our ungood on himself to create an on-ramp to God and invited us to follow. So is Christianity good? Is it good for society? Is it good for the world and for you? Luke thought so, as well as Matthew, Mark, John, Peter, and many more. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. The original version was good news, even compelling news. When, it presented, uh, it, when it's presented in its clearest and uncluttered form, people will want the message of Jesus to be true even before they're convinced it's true. So many years ago, 2006 to be exact, I was having a phone call with my sister. Now, a little bit of back information here. My sister was the type of person that submitted for every sweepstakes, every prize, every freebie, every promo under the sun. And she called me one day and said, I have just won a custom Big Dogs Ridgeback Chopper, a $28,000 motorcycle. Now, if you don't know my sister, she is the furthest thing from a biker chick, okay? There is nothing about her that screams biker. In fact, the closest thing would be her doing a morning session on her Peloton, but that's it. So as she's telling me, I'm skeptical. She says she's won this $28,000 bike. Oh, and by the way, thousands of dollars of cash to help pay the taxes. Now, as a woman who's pregnant, relatively newly married, this would have been awesome for them financially. And I'm hoping that this is true, but I know how much she's submitted for, how many scams are out there. Well, the way the story ends, she has this packet from FedEx, gets signatures notarized, copies of driver's license, and sends it off. Finally, not too long after that, she gets a call from the company and says, your motorcycle is at the dealership in Winchester. You can go pick it up. It was the real deal. Now, she sold the bike, but looking at my sister, a pregnant woman, sitting on this chopper was hilarious to me. But at the end of the day, I was thrilled that it was true. And I had hoped it was even before I knew if it was really true. So if you don't buy the good news of Christmas because it never sounded good, maybe you've never heard the original it. Maybe you grew up with the wrong it. And maybe somebody misused it. And if that's the case, I'm truly sorry. I hope you'll give it another chance. The people who were closest to Jesus were convinced they met good in the flesh because they had seen God in a body. 
So they documented the story, the gospel. They were convinced it wasn't just for a nation or a generation. It was for all nations and all generations. The gospel is good news and great joy for all people. Perhaps it was especially for those of us who aren't all that good. And that will take us into our message next week. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for the story of Jesus, for his birth, for the sacrifice he was uh, to provide that bridge across that chasm of sin so that we could spend eternity with you in heaven. And many of us are convinced of the truth, but Lord, there's probably people who aren't so convinced that don't believe. And if they're watching or listening, I just pray that you would speak to them. Let them know that they're loved, that you desire to have a relationship with them and and reveal yourself to them to see the true version of the good news and the gospel. Help us to honor you this week and remember you every day as we get closer to celebrating the birth of Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.